welcome back to another episode of Dads Talking Dads. This is a Padres podcast where a couple of dads come together and talk about the San Diego Padres, your favorite baseball team. Uh, with me for this week is Joel. Uh, Tony wasn't able to make it with the scheduling issue, but it's going to be me and Joel this week. I'm super excited. Uh, Joel, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm not sure if we're doing the, like, what do we do this weekend talk or oh, not. Yeah. So I'm just going to say I'm doing okay and leave it at that. That's perfect. That's all good. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, like, launched into the regular intro, but then, yeah, I, it's confusing. Uh, that is all right. Uh, so we're going to, yeah, we, we've been off for a few weeks, but uh, we figured it's a good time to uh, record another episode. There's been a lot of really exciting Padres news that's been going on, which is not something that I've said for quite a long time. Uh, I know on the last episode we were talking about possible trades and potential free agents, really more so on the trade front. It seemed like free agency was mostly over for this team. But then, out of nowhere, uh, there were reports that came out but really within the last couple of weeks here. Um, today is, is February 10th, just for reference, if you're listening in the future. Um, and uh, there have been reports that the... Padres front office has met with and offered contracts to both Manny Machado, free agent third baseman, and Bryce Harper, free agent outfielder. You may have heard of one and or both of them. Uh, quite frankly, and, and I'm, sh- I'm sure it's probably the same with you, Joel, I, I think we were both really surprised when this news came out, especially considering it seemed to come on the heels of a Kevin AC article where the Padres ownership had, you know, kind of opened the uh, opened the book, so to speak, and discussed the, you know, d- debt that the team had had and, you know, a lot of different things. And it seemed as though uh, spending more money on any free agents this offseason uh, seemed to be, you know, a, a, a null and void option. Um, and yet here we are, uh, not only one, but both Machado and Harper, have been offered contracts, which it's it's very very surprising to me. Um, it seems like maybe this you know maybe the price has dropped a bit. I, I'm not sure where we are in this, but uh, but uh, what have your thoughts and, and reactions been so far on the Machado and Harper talks? And who would you rather see uh, opening day in a Padres uniform, Joel? Oh man, it's been quite a roller coaster. Um... I, I mean, I think we, the three of us, last time we were all together, if not last time, maybe a couple episodes ago, we had talked about um, the possibility of, of signing Machado, and I think it was kind of like an off-the-cuff joke sort of conversation, like, hey, what if we got Machado? <laughs> oh, Joel hates Machado. Joel would love that, right? Because you know, I'm not the biggest fan of his um, on-the-field, dirty-play type antics, stepping on the first baseman's cleat, like, just like stupid Bush League shit that he does that pisses me off, but... Like, now that it's an actual possibility that's on the table, like, of course I want a guy that's worth, you know, what is it, 30.4 war over seven seasons. Uh, but he's only, is he is he 27 now or is he still 26? 26 he years, is, seven months, yeah. and four days to be exact. Thank you, Fangraphs. Um, but, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, who, who, who doesn't want that? Especially when we have a, a Padres team with just absolutely nothing at third base right now after, you know, Christian Villanueva decided he wanted to go play overseas. And, um, you know, we've got a couple of buns in the oven, so to speak, uh, down in the minors that are we think are going to be relatively exciting coming up. You know, not the, the flashiest names of the hot talent lava, but, I mean, We've got such a loaded farm system that you can kind of just throw a dart and you've got a player to be excited about down in the minor leagues. But other than that, I mean, there's just not anything there. So it's like, well, what do we do? Will Myers didn't work there. Uh, this just seems like the most natural fit, right? You go get a guy like Manny Machado. But, uh, I mean, I guess I would prefer to have him, but I would also be really excited about a guy like Bryce Harper just because of the like, sort of star power that he has. I mean, Major League Baseball, of course, as we all know, has been pretty terrible about marketing stars. Um, I mean, just everybody knows who, the, you know, the biggest stars in, in, in the NFL are, right? Anybody can tell you about Aaron Donald or, uh, and I mean, he's kind of on the decline now, but J.J. Watt or um, any of the, the, the great quarterbacks in the league, um, and even some of the not as premier talents at quarterback are, are super well-known, but yet, 
uh, most people wouldn't be able to tell you who Mike, Mike Trout is unless they're, you know, a pretty serious baseball fan, which is silly. Um, same with Bryce Harper, but, I mean, he has a little bit more of that star power. Um, I think he has more of it than, than Amani Machado would. He's definitely not an ideal fit with our situation right now of, uh, in the outfield, right? I mean, we've got outfielders coming out of our ears, but at the same time, I think it's pretty. It's a pretty easy argument to make that Bryce Harper is a better outfielder than any of our current uh, players at the position. I mean, he's. I mentioned Manny Machado is worth thirty point. Uh, sorry, thirty point two, not thirty point four. War. Bryce Harper is thirty point seven WAR on his career, and he's also had seven seasons in the big leagues. Um. So I mean, they're they're both going to be huge impact players. Um, they're going to be better than anybody else we've got on the field until you know Tatis and and Urias uh, mature p- potentially. Um, I would be thrilled if either one of those players ended up signing with the Padres. Um, I think I lean towards Machado just because of the, you know, the uh, chocolate and peanut butter kind of match that we have right now where we don't have a third baseman and, hey, you can play third base very, very well. Let's make this happen. But, um, but yeah, again, either one of those, I'd be doing heel clicks and dancing around if we were able to sign them. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think Machado is the obvious puzzle piece that would fit in very well you know like you were saying it's like yeah but this is the one hole not maybe the one hole but like this is the biggest most glaring hole that we have and you are fantastic at it so why not um and uh you know just i yeah i don't know just having that kind of uh uh performance from the third baseman third base position not just defensively but offensively um I, I think the last time I saw that was like maybe like Phil Nevin, <laughs> like really, and and that wasn't like good defensive third base either. That was just like a lot of dingers, which was fun. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I I weirdly enough do as well kind of lean toward Harper, um, or maybe not as well. Sorry, we I I yeah, I went more, I went Machado just because of the fit, but I, went, I oh I went more went Machado because of the, yeah. the fit. Gotcha. Sorry, I got I got crossed up there, um, but um, yeah, I know it's 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 tough, man. They are both really close. Um, with with uh, man, I don't know. Yeah, with, with with Harper, I just wonder if there's still like another another uh, level, or just maybe another another level of consistency. Because I mean, we look at the numbers, and it's. Like, I'm just looking from 20, so, like, this is, like, 2014 to 2018. Like, you see, I mean, there's, like, big fluctuations and even things like BABIP where it goes, you know, 352, 369, down to 264, 356, 289. Um, and, you know, that that definitely, you know, causes fluctuations in, in, in overall production there. So, I if there's a level of consistency that we could get with Harper because I think that is the one thing that you that you see pretty well with Machado is there has been, you know, a, a good amount of consistency save for, you know, 2017 was a bit down average wise, but like overall it was it was still a pretty good year. Um so there is a little bit more consistency with Machado. Um and and I don't know if it's just cuz Bryce Harper has that like server hair, but I just I just feel like he'd be a super good fit on the team. <laughs> um, and but then again, you know that 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 still leaves third base with it with a gaping hole. Um, so I yeah, it, it's it's tough to say. I think I would still say Harper because again, I, it, it does get that star value. Um, not that Machado wouldn't, but but. Uh, yeah, I suppose I'll go Harper just to be different and just because, you know, the hair. It just looks cool. It's got cool hair. And then, I mean, something to think about on on this front is I, I, I remember 2015, and I think everybody remembers 2015, where he, uh, where AJ Preller went on a signing spree and brought in, you know, Justin Upton, and uh, I believe that's what we brought Will Myers in, Will Middlebrooks and, and the like, um, and kind of sold out for that year, and it didn't turn out very well, as we all remember. But um, it's just a fun comparison here. I pulled up Justin Upton's page, so... Through seven major league seasons, he was worth about 20 war, according to fan graphs. Um, so either of the players that were um, hoping to land here are uh, 10 wins against replacement on the career better um, over, you know, over that same seven-year period. Well, not the same seven-year period, but, you know, but yeah, I think you get yeah, what I'm saying. For seven years, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
it's just not the exact same years. I don't know why that got me so crossed up, but um, <laughs> so we're talking about uh, people like to throw around generational talent, but I mean these are names that I feel like are destined for the Hall of Fame already, as long as they could stay on their current trajectories, and there's no indication that they're going to suddenly fall off. I mean. You were mentioning that there was a little bit of inconsistency, right, in terms of bad. Were you talking about Machado in terms of inconsistency for Babbitt year over year? Or? Oh, uh, 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 Harper. 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 Uh, right, but um, I mean, my gosh, where was I going with that? Uh, That's oh, good. it's not. It's not like it's going to be a, a Hosmer even year odd years type situation. I don't think. I mean, I suppose I could be jinxing it by just throwing that out there, but. <laughs> um, yeah, these are pretty, like, it's not something that's going to, you know what I mean, it's not going to make the team an instant contender, I don't think, necessarily, but, I mean, this is some serious firepower we're talking about signing on to the team if, if either of these guys sign. Um, it's it's not, uh, I, I don't know, I just think that gives it a new perspective, right, comparing it to, to Justin Upton, who was the most exciting player of that 2015 season. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that man. When that up and trade happened, it was it was, it was pretty wild. I I'm officially changing course. I'm going Machado instead of Harper. I've been th- as soon as I said Harper, you know, in my heart, I just didn't feel it. So I think it's actually Machado. He just you're right. He's a better fit. He's more consistent. I even made the case that he's more consistent. I don't I don't know why I would have picked <laughs> Harper. Nothing personal against Bryce Harper. It's just yeah, it's just it's a better fit. Uh, and and just the the idea of having Machado, Tatis Jr. and Udias, you know, in that infield, with maybe maybe Josh Naylor at first base, who knows? Um, you know, that'd be that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the the biggest advantage, and obviously they're very similar players in terms of their, um, like I said, their wins against replacement to this point in their careers. But uh, Bryce Harper, I think, is going to be a lot more marketable than than Manny Machado. I think I brought that up at the beginning with, you know, the, the star power argument. Um, so I, I, that's the, the biggest advantage, I think, is that he's going to be more of a draw, I suppose. But, I mean, they're both so good that it's like, is that even material to the argument? I'm not even sure. <laughs> um, but what do you think about, I mean, it's it's been a while, right? Or at least it feels like it's been a while since we've heard about either of these guys uh movement either way but more and more teams seem to be kind of throwing their hats into the ring and the the general pulse of some of the uh Padres fans on at least the Padres subreddit uh is that you know we're already kind of doomed like one of these teams is just going to throw out a ridiculous offer and they're going to sign away and here it is there's the Padres front office again they're not going to sign either of these guys and we suck just like we always have like I, I'm kind of curious to see what you think, like if, if that has merit or if we just kind of need to hang tight and, and see what happens here before we start getting our torches and pitchforks out or um, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it, if, hmm, I mean, we were, we were also pretty late to the game, so, it, and I don't think it's one of those, like, we should just be happy that we're here, you know, kind of things. Yeah. But, I mean, because if we're going to have our name out there, then be serious about it, don't just say that we've offered a contract to say that we did and then be like, well, it wasn't actually anything remotely in their range, but we offered a contract. So, uh, I think initially we were already on this idea, you know, like we were talking about at the top that, that the front office had basically said we weren't spending any more on free agents. And then a week later, the talks about offering, you know, Machado and Harper contracts came out and then everyone got super excited um understandably so but i don't know i mean i was kind of already in this we're probably not signing anyone this offseason kind of mentality and let's see what you know not that ty france is exciting but like you know if we don't sign you know let's say we don't sign machado or and we have a third base hole you know do we look at maybe mike moustakas or someone like that and obviously not as exciting by any stretch of the imagination um but I yeah I was just kind of planning on waiting and watching the young kids mature because that was you know it's weird like that was kind of the plan for the last three years and now all of a sudden we're here and we're like what yeah but there's other things too which you know and I get it you need some free agents but um but I have been pleasantly I I've been pleasantly surprised that we've mostly we pretty much completely stood pat with like who we have um because i 
do want to see them progress on this team and not on some other team. Like, how many of our prospects are guys that we, like, got from, you know, other teams? And I know we're not specifically talking about trades, but I think that's kind of mushed in. Just, like, front office moves to get exciting players, I think, can kind of be, you know, with trades and free agency can kind of be mushed in together into the, into the same conversation. But, you know, that just that idea of... Um, you know, mortgaging to to uh, to to win now. We haven't really we haven't really uh, given into that too much. I don't think you're doing that with Machado and Harper necessarily, um, but I'm not disappointed if we don't sign them because I honestly wasn't expecting it at the beginning of the season anyway. Um, I, I don't know. What, what? How do you feel about that? I don't know. I feel like they're they're kind of uh, painting themselves into a corner by kicking the tires on these guys. So like. I don't know. With AJ Perler especially, the uh, I guess the ethos has been to sort of do due diligence for any and every player, right? So they're going to be calling about just about anybody who's available. I, I don't know why, but it doesn't feel like this is the same sort of situation. So if it, if these guys don't get signed, if not, you know, one of the other of these guys don't get signed, um, I, I I mean, it's tough because when you, when you have those signals coming out and the rumors coming out that the Padres are in, involved and they're, you know, making offers to these players. Uh, it, it sends a certain signal out to the fan base, right? Like, uh, it, it's it's one that can't be sent out if you don't get those guys. So I, I don't know. Like, I don't think it has. It obviously doesn't have the same value if you don't sign either one. But I think it it if anything, it works against you if you're not able to sign either one, right? I mean, just from what we've been able to see from the the, the sentiment of the fan base right now. I mean, there's all kinds of excitement swirling around about the Padres. The Chargers have left town very... Re- I mean, it's only been two seasons since the Chargers have been gone. It just seems like if you're going to do it, now's the time. Uh, there's always going to be other free agents, but, I mean, <clears throat> ones that are going to be such a good fit, right? Like a Manny Machado. Uh, I don't know. Those don't come around that often, you know? So, like, I, I think... Gosh, disappointed? Yeah, I think I would be disappointed. Am I ready to, like, renounce my Padres fandom and... And boycott the San Diego Padres. I don't think I'm there. I, I think there are fans that are at that point. Um, but again, I'm I'm a little bit newer of a Padres fan compared to even you. So um, I can't I can't say I understand this from the perspective of somebody who's been a Padres fan for 25 years and has seen, you know, homegrown talent after homegrown talent be shipped out of town and, you know what I mean, just super tight miserly front office behavior in terms of payroll and. It's oh, just. Yeah. Like, I can relate, but I don't think I'm there personally just because I haven't had that much time, uh, haven't had that much misery built up as a Padres fan, I guess. No, that, that that's that's actually a fair point. Um, and, you know, and plus, your luck, you know, you, you sort of had that D-backs first championship. Yeah, it spoiled pretty, me, man. Like, pretty I'm much. I'm fat yeah. and happy now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. We'll uh, the World Series later. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, that that that's true. It. Well, and I'm excited to watch these guys too because there there have been other seasons where like the, oh the Padres have a good farm system, and like you look back at the names and it doesn't make sense as to why people thought that was a like it's not even like it was a bunch of good people that we traded away. Like I'm just like none of these guys panned out, um, which you know is kind of concerning for now because that could happen again but like i also think that the i and and they're always learning more about prospects and things like that and scouting and and just kind of knowledge about the game but i do think that we know a lot more now as far as evaluating talent than we did before um or at least we're you know with the amount of information that we have available to us hopefully we're a little bit better decision makers um so you know we'll we'll see it, it, it i don't know it, it just seems like there's a lot of really good talent that is even more so than we've had in previous farm systems so i'd rather them just just come up and and uh and perform <laughs> yeah i mean i guess the reason that i i would say i would be disappointed and the reason that i would be pretty angry if, if neither of these guys do get signed i mean you got to look at the the payroll numbers for the padres right i mean the 2019 payroll right now is slated to be 74 million dollars i mean that's just incredibly low uh, under 80 mil Oh, um, yeah. Gosh, I mean, 
the, and the, on top of that, Eric Hosmer, whose contract has been uh, widely panned for various and uh, I guess obvious reasons, but um, they're they're slated to pay Eric Hosmer twenty one million dollars uh, in twenty nineteen. Um, I think thirty million sounds like the magic number for uh, Bryce Harper. Would he turn down a ten mil, ten year three hundred million dollar contract? And then you know this this front office kind of has been sending out these really weird mixed signals about how like hey we're talking to Manny Machado hey we're gonna fly out to Las Vegas to talk to Bryce Harper but at the same time they're releasing this through Kevin Acey the mouthpiece of the Padres they're gonna say like oh uh, we've got to reduce debt so that's why we can't really spend as much money as we want to spend and it's like it just reeks of bullshit like I, you're spending so little money compared to even league average like. I, I'm pretty sure every team in, in Major League Baseball has money to spend. They're getting ridiculous TV deals. I believe the Padres deal is $1.2 billion with Fox Sports San Diego. So it, it's just, I don't know. It, it, I feel like it, that's that's where I can relate to the anger if a guy like this doesn't get signed. Will Myers, for example, is going to get $5.5 million in 2019. Uh, and Osborne's going to get 21 mil. We can, we can pay a, a guy $30 million a year. We're not trying to buy our way to a to a championship like a you know an old school Yankees where we're you know and today's dollars what like a two hundred and fifty three hundred million dollar payroll we don't need that we're not trying to do that but I think if you you have the combo of the the hot talent lava with this I mean these guys are generational talents for sure I think they're I think they're going to the Hall of Fame personally I, I don't know if they're surefire Hall of Famers yet but they they definitely appear to be going that direction. I think this is the combo that you need. So if it doesn't happen, like it, it's understandable to, to feel let down and, and upset about it. I don't know. Like uh, if if this if word had never come out about Bryce Harper and Manny Machado being talked to by the Padres, or even if it happened after the season or something like that, which it can't happen these days because of Twitter and, and, and leaks and everybody's you know trying to get the scoop. <laughs> oh, yeah. But somehow, had we not found out about that. I think I would have been okay with it, but now that you know the cat's out of the bag, like you kind of you got to make a make a move. You know, you kind of have to put up or shut up at this point. Yeah, that 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 is a good point, though. I mean, especially when the payroll is that low, and I know they can talk about uh, you know investments to Petco and things like that, but the payroll does need to go up, un, un, undoubtedly so. So, uh, yeah, we'll 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 see how it goes. I do. I, I, I do hope one of them does sign here, though, um, just because, I don't know, I, I just want other players to realize, like, what's going on. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know, it's it's an exciting team, it's an exciting future, and, like, for someone else to, like, plant that flag and be like, yeah, I'll be a part of this, um, that would be exciting, and, and, and the fan base would sincerely appreciate that, um, and, and it would show its appreciation during the season, so... Uh, with that being said, you know, talking about, uh, some of these possible third base options, um, a couple guys that we will have at least some glances at for third base are going to be coming out to my neck of the woods in Arizona. Um, in, let's see, well, the position players will be here February 18th for first workouts, but, uh, pitchers and catchers report this Wednesday, February 13th. Um, I'm very excited. I went to pitchers and catchers reporting for the angels a few seasons ago. And that was, it was pretty fun. Like not a lot of people really go at all. Um, which I was is just nice. going to ask how many people are, are coming. Out oh today. yeah. Very few, <laughs> very few. Um, which was super cool. So, and I'm sure at the one out in Peoria, it's probably less. Um, but uh, there are some exciting prospects with the uh, spring training invites. We've got, of course, uh, the El, El Bebo, as he's called in that athletic article. Uh, that's his nickname. Fernando Tatis Jr., um, who played last season for the, in AA for the San Antonio Missions, who are dead to us now because our best friends are now the Amarillo Sod Poodles. Um, also coming with is future ace Cal Quantrill, who finished off the season in AAA El Paso. Uh, Logan Allen, who dominated the uh, AA and also pitched in AAA. Uh, Josh Naylor, Hudson Potts, and Buddy Reed, who were all in AA. Uh, Naylor is a first baseman slash outfielder. Hudson Potts is our uh, young, one of our super young third base prospects. I think he's only like 20. 
Um, and then Buddy Reed, outfielder, uh, played in Double A last year, uh, was also tearing it up in uh, Arizona Fall League. And uh, and then Ty France, who we had spoken about earlier, uh, played in Triple A last season and is going to get a big look at third base, assuming. Uh, that Manny Machado does not sign, and that they don't sign um, anybody else. Um, so the and there were more prospects as well that are being invited up, more minor leaguers. But those were kind of the the uh, uh, several there that I wanted to at least highlight because those are some names that some folks might know. And if you don't know, uh, you should uh, definitely you know look look them up a little bit. These are guys that you'll see coming up to the team you know this season and next season and. Um, season after that i'm sure uh so uh i i i uh i know who i am most excited about um i'll start because i feel like it's obvious of course it's cal quantrell um my boy planted my flag in the 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 cal quantrell joined on that bandwagon a long time ago um, but, uh, I am, I, I am really actually, I am quite excited to see him in spring training this season. Um, because I do want to, I, I expect him to join the rotation at some point this season. There's definitely been some good talk about that. And I would like to see what he does once he's actually at Petco. Um, I was actually pretty encouraged by his move to AAA last season. Uh, he was, he was okay in double-A, which is kind of odd because double-A is the more, it, it, it's a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly league, um, as opposed to triple-A, which obviously PCL, that is a uh, batter's heaven and haven. Um, he was okay in double-A, in, in but actually seemed to figure some more stuff out once he moved to triple-A. Um, the K per nine did go down a bit worryingly to 6.39 Ks per nine. Um... But that being said, the walks per nine basically halved. Um, he was giving up three walks per nine in double A and was down to less than one and a half in triple A. Uh, and uh, you know, lower ERA, um, you know, obviously with that, with that, um, he had a higher uh, strikeout to walk rate than he had had in uh, in double A. So overall, um, I, you know, I was encouraged by that move to triple a and i do want to see what he does a in spring training which is also a bit tough to pitch in with the uh, with the very dry air here and then b um you know once he actually gets to petco and is under the tutelage of the uh, the man the myth the legend darren balsley uh i am very very excited to see what cal quantrell can do this season uh joel who are you most excited to see uh, I'm a little bit more surface level in terms of um, who I get excited about in the minor leagues. So uh, I'm going to go for the low-hanging fruit and say I'm the most excited about Tatis Jr. Um, I've been excited to hear about him since last year. I mean, he's the uh, consensus number one prospect in all of uh, baseball, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if he's if he's not number one, he's he, I think he's top three on, on most people's lists of top prospects in all of baseball. Um the, the hype for Tatis reminds me, and there's been a few that have come up that have been pretty well hyped, but uh, the one that, for whatever reason, keeps popping up in my mind is Carlos Correa. And uh, he's had a bit of a falling off in the past couple of seasons, but I remember he came on the scene and he sort of uh, lit it up there for the first couple of years. So um, I, I'm hoping that he has uh, a, a Carlos Correa-like debut and, and more. Uh, I think, I mean, it's all it's got to be near 100% that we see him in the big leagues this year at some point, right? Uh, it's just a matter of, of uh, the team maintaining control of him for another year, so probably like like June-ish that we see him, you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. So uh, let's look at some of his... Did I really not pull his page? <laughs> That's all right. I think somehow I closed out of I, I closed out of it as well. While you're looking that up, though, I know he... Um, you know, I think we talked about it last time as well. He was uh, crushing the Dominican League... And uh, lots of exciting uh, highlights for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, the, the bat heave wasn't even a bat toss. It was it was <laughs> a bat heave. Um, and uh, his, if if you hadn't already read or heard about his team, did end up going and going on to win the uh, the, the Dominican League championship, which was very very exciting. Um, I think there was a good 
there was a good, uh, I think, a Dennis Lynn article in The Athletic about it. Um, so he's definitely riding high coming into spring training. But um, were you able to bring his, uh, his stats yeah, up? Yeah, right? so uh, looking at his, his time in the Dominican League, he had, uh, gosh, so seven doubles, three home runs, 263 batting average, but 379 on base and 488 slugging. So, uh, I mean, he, he's looking good. Uh, I have a hard time looking at the, the, the numbers for minor leaguers. Uh, it seems to be, I don't know, it doesn't seem to correlate as clearly as when you're looking <laughs> at a major league player. Um, especially when it's like somebody's putting up good numbers. They're like, ah, well, you know, he's still in the minors. Who knows? But, like, when somebody's not doing so well in the minors, uh, this is kind of a tangent. Like, I don't know. Like, if you're doing horrible, obviously you're just not going to be that great of a ball player. But, like, to kind of circle back to Falcontrol, like, his numbers look kind of pedestrian in terms of, you know, what he's been able to produce um, at the minor league level. I know a lot of that's due to, you know, the hitter frenzy Pacific Coast League. But, I mean, what do you think? I mean, where do we draw the line there? Like, it's... Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of it too. If I see if I see improvement, like so for some guys they'll play double A or triple A like two seasons in a row. Mm-hmm. And if I see improvement from one year to the next, that's encouraging. Um so that that tells me they're adjusting and they're you know, they're 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 uh yeah, I don't know if they're, they're adjusting. But um trying to get better. Uh but but yeah, if it, I think there's certain things like, um, and I know average is, is still an anti- it's you know a bit of an antiquated stat nowadays. But it is I don't know it's just easy for me to look at. But um, but I feel like you know if if you have a really high strikeout percentage or at least a decently high strikeout percentage in the minors, like that just seems like it's going to skyrocket in the majors. Um, so if your problem is striking out too much in the minors, like that is a that's a red flag for me. Um, when it comes to, to minor league hitters, it's like, he's pretty good when he can get the barrel of the bat on the ball, but he strikes out a lot. I'm like, ugh, I'm concerned. Cause like they can make those adjustments, but so many times, like you just see, you know, the guy who just, he's kind of the four a and he's got good power and he, but he just can't really like Jabari Blash, I feel like is a good, you know, just really good power. Just cannot seem to, to actually hit the ball though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess with Tatis, you just chalk it up to, to small sample size in the Dominican League. So I mean, there was twenty three games, uh, ninety five plate appearances versus you know it's twenty eighteen season with uh, San Antonio where it was you know eighty eight games, three hundred ninety four plate appearances, and he had a much brighter looking triple slash of two eighty six, three fifty five, five oh seven. Um, so and, and you know we got seven steals in the Dominican, sixteen steals for twenty eighteen in San Antonio. I mean, yeah. and he's the the biggest thing is he's nineteen years old. He's a kid, so I mean, I guess that's that's sort of the uh, what's the word? Not upside, but the takeaway, right? Is that he's just so super young to be putting up the kind of numbers that he is in the minors, and I guess that's what what all the hype is about uh, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. So he's he's my favorite out of the group because again, I'm I'm kind of more of a uh, a surface guy when it comes to to minor league prospects. Because of some of the questions I had just a couple minutes ago about, like, you know, like, it never seems to really correlate, right? Like, it seems like it's all eye test and, like, what the scouts see and the oh, numbers yeah. just seem to, like, don't really matter. It's, it's like, whose line is it anyway, right? Like, <laughs> the, <laughs> the points don't matter until you get to the big. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's something I need to, to, to get deeper into is, is you know, uh, evaluating the prospects and, and getting excited about some of the deeper names in the, oh, in the minor right. league system. Yeah, and, and some guys, too, I mean... And I'm sure it's people who have played the game for a lot longer are much better at identifying things like, you know, arm slot and, uh, you know, swing mechanics and like just stuff that I have absolutely no idea about. So, um, and I, yeah, I feel like that's like, yeah, that's, that's definitely a gap and probably a lot of people's baseball knowledge. Cause that's like, that's like super, super in depth, but, um, yeah, it's just, gosh, there's like so much to know with that stuff. Um, Sorry, quick side tangent, because I did say that um, I think Ty France was double-A. He did also, just because I happen to have his page open, he did play some triple-A um, as well, and actually was pretty good. Uh, 287, uh, 382, 532 slash line, uh, and had a nice 11.8 walk percentage. 
and uh, had five home runs in 110 plate appearances, which was pretty pretty decent. Yeah, but I mean, how's he going to be able to win that position battle with Ian Kinsler, you know? Ooh, boy, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Ian Kinsler and, uh, I mean, Perella can play some third, right? <laughs> uh, Perella can play wherever you want him. I think he's equally, he's, yeah. he's just as good wherever you play him. Let's put it that <laughs> he way. He is equally talented. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Josh, wow. Josh Naylor did have a really good season last year in AA. 12, 11% walk rate, 12% K rate. That is, that is solid stuff, Josh. Good shit. Get up, buddy. Good shit, good shit. <laughs> um, let's see. So yeah, that yeah, I I think those are those are probably two good picks, Tatis Jr. and Quantrill. I could see uh, I I could see Josh Naylor just having like a stupid spring training where he just happens to run into like five or six home runs, you know. Right. Um, that would be that would also be really fun just because uh that 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 guy's got power. So um, I'm yeah, I'm I am super excited for spring training to uh, to start. I'm gonna head out to. I already figured out one of the games mid-March is uh, Padres are coming to Tempe to play the Angels. So that'll that's like somewhat that's actually like really close to my work. So I think I'll just go there after work. Um, so more I guess it's a little more third base talk um, as we we move because I know we talked a bit about uh, Potts and France and even Machado um, last year's third baseman. Uh, well, both of them are now gone. Villanueva's in Japan, right? Or Korea? Um, and <laughs> You picked up on that. I said overseas, so I wouldn't have to say the country. <laughs> oh, you're smart. <laughs> Damn, I didn't even think of that. See, I, try, I just try to, try to be too accurate. I'm like, what was the most accurate answer? Um, but AJ Casavell uh, reported this week in a... Um, a uh, little Padres mailbag thing. Um, Will Myers officially 100%. It is etched in stone. He's not playing third base next season. Uh, he's moving to the outfield. Uh, Francisco Mejia is not going to play third base. That was kind of my little fun idea that I was hoping might come to fruition. Apparently, that is a definite uh, no-go. Um, so kind of like we you know, we we'd mentioned earlier, Ty France is the most likely one to start. Um, at third base, they have inquired and have talked to Mike Moustakis, who I think is actually not a terrible option at all. Um, good old young Gerba Solarte, who is, I don't think would be a good option. And Josh Harrison, who is positionless, uh, for the Pirates fans out there. Uh, he, I've, I've had him on fantasy a lot. And for some reason, he's always got like four positional eligibility. So he just, he plays everywhere. He could be our new Perella. Goodbye, Jose. Goodbye, Jose. Josh is my new best friend. Um, so, Joel, is 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 third base your biggest concern heading into this season? And if it's not third, uh, where is your biggest concern? Um, I feel like it has to be right. I mean, there's just nothing there, and I mean, we we joked about Ian Kinsler being there, Ty France coming up, like he, he could surprise us. But I mean, he's he's probably going to be pretty green. Um, it's just, it's just such a glaring need right now that I, I think it really has to be the biggest priority at this point. I mean, I, I'd say if it's not going to be third base, it's got to be starting pitching, but I mean, I don't know. We, we there's all kinds of creative ways to kind of work around a, a, a subpar starting rotation. I mean, to be fair, our starting rotation is very, very bad. Uh, uh Joey Lucchese has been, um, uh, refreshing last season, but I mean, imagine, the sort of position we'd be in in terms of starting pitching had he not overachieved to the level that he did, it would be pretty abysmal, right? And then, and now we lost Clayton Richard, so it's even worse. But <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't say that with a straight face. But um, <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I mean, if it's not third base, it's got to be starting pitching. But again, you can do things like you know the the whole opener craze that's been sweeping you know the major leagues and. Um, you can you can sort of work around that to an extent when you just don't have a third baseman, it's bad. Like we tried working around it with Will Myers and it wasn't great. Like I, I love the idea of positionless baseball as much as you do, but I feel like um, the more realistic version of that is like you've got your 
maybe your positionless infielder and then your positionless outfielder, so to speak, which, I mean, a positionless outfielder already exists. That's that's stupid. But <laughs> I, I just don't know if you can move anybody anywhere yet in, in the current uh, era of baseball. Maybe that's still, you know, 10 years or so away. But, um, yeah, so I, I feel like third base is, is more pressing because it's, it's just a little bit tougher to work around than, than the starting rotation would be. But those are definitely the, the most, you know, flashing red light, red flag type situations on this team right now. Um, starting pitching in third base. What about you? Yeah, I think those are probably the same two that come to mind as well. I mean, the outfield log jam, I was considering it because like a concern there is who do they get rid of and what does that trade package look like? And are we ending up better than when we were before? Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm more okay having too much talent and trading away the talent so that some of the talent can play more. Um, but yeah, I think it would also be third base for me as well because we have so many intriguing starting pitching options um, that I think between, you know, Lamette's coming back, I don't expect anything from him until the second half just because that first, like, I feel like, you know, at least half season of pitching post-Tommy John like, the velocity's there, the control is not, the feel isn't really, so I expect some early season struggles. Um, I don't know, you know, uh, other than that, I, I like Quantrill, and I'm hoping that he um, starts the season in the rotation. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts in AAA, but, but I'm really hoping that he starts the season in the rotation. Um, you know, I have no idea what uh, Luis Perdomo is going to be like because last season was terrible. Um, but other than that, we've also got Matt Strom. We've got, um, shoot, there were other names, Logan Allen. Um, so there are guys that I'm at least excited to see. I like Ty France. I'm not as excited to see Ty France at third as I am to see Cal Quantrill or Logan Allen or Matt Strom or the opener. <laughs> like, let's see Winkenter start a game. That'd be fun. Right. Um, so, yeah, all of those things make me excited enough for starting for this, for the starting pitching or at least for the rotation that even if some injuries do occur and some guys don't live up to expectations that, you know, I don't know. I think this is the season, you know, and, and I think it's been talked about as well in articles. Like, this is the season to see what the kids have. So I'm excited for that part. Um, and, and, and I'm excited to see what some of these starting pitchers, uh, what what they're made of. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Hmm? Uh, I don't know. I thought maybe I had something else to say, but I don't think I do. <laughs> oh, That's okay. you know, Ty France sort of seems like, it kind of strikes me as like the, the created, I may have made this joke before, but like the when the, uh, the simulation in, in MLB The Show or whatever baseball video game you're playing, the real players start running out and you start getting the computer-generated names. John Dowd. Yeah. Ty France. <laughs> <laughs> or when they're just like, Kazuhiro Sanchez. Yeah, those are my favorite. Like, two names, but they don't go together at all. Oh my gosh, yeah. Jeez. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Chant Ho Anderson. Like. <laughs> oh, man. Esteban Smith. Oh, jeez. Um, so with the, with the season quickly ramping up and opening day getting here sooner and sooner, uh, we are going to be having new episodes more often. Uh, at the very latest, we will be by bi-weekly on opening day so look for us to be by on opening day hey. and uh other than that as as news comes out as exciting news not just talks you know although this was fun but <laughs> as as exciting news comes out or if it's just been too long and we all miss each other uh we'll record an episode and uh you'll you'll hear from us here and there and then uh at the very at the very latest once the season starts every other weekend it'll be grand um, season two of Dad's Talking Dads. I'm stoked. I'm excited. It's going to be great. Um, before we finish up the show, wrap everything up, and tell you how to contact us, I, of course, need to tell you how to live your life. Um, and that's through uh, recommendations. Joel, 
I'm gonna start us off because you haven't written anything in yet. So I'm gonna do the re- I'm gonna do my recommendation first. Go for it. Pass it off. My recommendation is to buy yourself a nice pen. Uh, over my life, you know, I I encounter nice pens here and there that I really enjoy. I figured out the Pilot G2 is is very nice. Um, and then I was looking online just trying to see, you know, I was just browsing and stumbled upon this like my top five favorite pens article um and just went into like a two-hour rabbit hole of just like looking at different kinds of pens and the different types of pens and the best rated pens and all that nonsense um (laughs) but it was i don't know it was really fun so i ended up spending like a like a little too much money on pens not like an absurd amount but just you know more than five dollars um but I, I got all these nice new pens, and I've been having fun writing stuff, and I've been, like, wanting to write stuff more because I have these nice pens that I want to write with. Um, so it, it, it's, it's um, you know, make me want to do something that I enjoy, which is good. Um, so go out and, and buy yourself a nice pen and enjoy your writing when you write. Uh, Joel, I'll hand it off to you. Nice. Yeah, before I get into my recommendation, I got a second yours because that's... Oh yeah, uh, that's I love having a, a a pen that you are happy with that you're you know, uh, gosh to enhance your writing experience. Let's put it that way. Um, I used to just be like I think most people are like this, right? We're like whatever. It's a pen. Like I'll write with anything. It doesn't matter, <laughs> right? But um, I got I too stumbled upon a uh, a pen ranking. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was like a BuzzFeed slideshow or something like that, but. <laughs> Uh, I settled on a, the Uniball Jetstream, not the retractable one, but just the regular Uniball Jetstream ballpoint pen. I think they look better than the, the retractable ones do. But I started writing with those, man, and it, it like changed my outlook on on pens. Um, just like it's just such a, you wouldn't think it's that much better to write with a really nice pen. Uh, like you think like you know how much difference can at least this is what I thought. How much difference can it make to have like you know a much nicer pen than the standard you know Bic ballpoint? And, like, it really makes a huge difference, like, how smooth it is, if that's what you're looking for, or, like, if you want a really fine line that's, like, consistent. Or I, I remember we were talking, we were, I don't know if it made it on the recording or not, we were talking about how there's the different type of types of ink. You can get the blue-black or red-black and, and that kind of stuff, uh, which I haven't dabbled with as much as Johnny has. But um, it's just, yeah, it's like a whole new world of, of um, gosh, I mean, this is kind of the most boring adult topic i can think of but you get like a surprising <laughs> amount of pleasure out of out of getting oh, yeah. a nice pen you know so it, yeah it, it, it doesn't seem like it would make sense but but uh, it's uh, yeah it's, it's just enjoyable like you know when when the pen feels like an extension of yourself it's lovely <laughs> um <laughs> i was looking up your pen as well it looks very nice i like it mine um i think i was telling you earlier the the uni pin pen i really like that one and then um there is the, oh gosh, hang on, what is it? There we go, the High Tech C Mica. It's this neat little looking pen. It's like fancy, it's got a fake rhinestone on the top, so when you put it in your little pen holder and you look down upon it, it's got this little shiny gem. It's adorable. I gotta see this. <laughs> Let's see. I text the Micah Gel by Pilot. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's by Pilot. That's right. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's adorable. Yeah. So yeah, I, again, I second Johnny's recommendation. I too recommend buying yourself a nice pen. But my recommendation um, is gonna uh, refer back to what I did this weekend, uh, which we didn't talk about at the top of the show because we're we're changing up the format a little bit. But uh, I took uh, the family out to go see the Lego Movie Two, the second part, um, and it was entertaining as always. I love those uh, Phil is it Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. I believe that's I I think I got that right. I don't know. I might have gotten them switched around, but um, those Lego type movies that they make are are always pretty good. With the Ninjago movie being the one I I like the least, but. Um, <laughs> the 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 first Lego movie was fantastic. The second one was still really good. I still think I liked the first one better, but the the second one was still really entertaining and had some good callbacks to the first one that that'll uh will keep you laughing. I, and I I really like this new trend of like kids movies that are actually really entertaining to watch even if you're not a kid. And I don't know, maybe that's just cuz we're like a really childish generation or I, I'm not sure why, but um it's it's something that i have welcomed and i i'm you know like i'm excited to go to the movies with the kids rather than like oh i'm just gonna fall asleep because we're watching 
you know, just some snooze fest that's pandering to my six and seven year old. Well, frozen six, but yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I I googled them. You are correct. It is Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Perfect. Uh, I haven't seen any of the Lego movies, but I have seen like I've seen Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I'm looking at their little, their little that was them page. Yeah, that was them. They also did 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I've heard great things about them. Yeah. i got to see those ones, too. Yeah. Um, and, oh, yeah, yeah they, they wrote and directed Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs in the Lego movie, and they directed 21 Jump Street in the sequel, but they didn't write it. But still, I mean, you know, if you're directing, you got a hand in it. Um, I need, yeah, I need, I need to take a look at some of those those Lego movies, because they look, they look really fun, and Keegan's got some of those games um and they're pretty fun it's like i feel like it's like the it's almost like the new version of mario you know in a way yeah um definitely a little easier but like you know just similar concept but you know different look and and but very fun you know easy to play like for a long period of time so um sweet i yeah i uh i got a couple movies on my list here that i need to go see now um cool we are going to move into the last uh section of the show which is uh uh our i guess contact information or whatever you want to call it i wrote it down as plugs but i'm not really plugging anything um but if you would like to get a hold of the show uh, get a hold of us you can email us at dads talking dads at gmail.com uh you can tweet us at uh, our, our Twitter handle, it's uh, at Dads Talking Dads. Um, of course, you can download us from pretty much all of the podcast uh, thingies. Yes. I'm just gonna. Technical I'm just term. gonna call them thingies. I always forget the word. I'm like website, <laughs> app. What the fuck? What is it? I don't know. The, the podcast thingy, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, uh, the podcast app in the Apple Store. All those podcast thingies. You can find us there, um, <laughs> but uh, but but that is it. Uh, that is it for this week of dads talking dads. I am so glad that uh, that we are recording again. It's been far too long. Uh, ideally, it will be uh, definitely less than four weeks until you hear from us again. Um, as the season ramps up, I'm getting more and more and more excited. I'm excited to talk with you, Joel, and with Tony about it. Um, some more next time, but uh, but that is it uh, for this week. And uh, other than that, hope you all have a uh, wonderful day and uh, go enjoy some spring training.